Hi there and welcome to the Lighthouse Church Sermon Broadcast. The title of today's message is a question. Who is the minister here? In many churches today we find two groups of people, ministers and members. In many churches the leader of the church is actually called the minister. Some denominations speak of the priest, other groups speak of pastors or elders. Whatever title is used, we find that specific people are identified as those who are expected to minister. And a common result of this distinction is that some people are expected to minister and others are not. So many members, often the majority of a congregation, are quite content to just be ministered to. So we have a priest and his parish, a pastor and his congregation. We have ministers and members. But this is not what the Bible teaches. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 4 and 5. I'm going to read all Bible texts from the New International Version. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Jump down to verse 9. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Peter explains to the congregation that when they came to Jesus in faith, Jesus began to build them into his church. They are all like living stones that the church of Jesus is being built with. But they're not just living stones. They are also priests. Jesus has made them part of a holy and a royal priesthood. Now this would have been a really big deal to a Jewish follower of Jesus. To a Jew, the priests were the ones who minister. And the Jewish priests were a very select group. They were descendants of Aaron. You had to be born into the priesthood. Priests were clearly set apart from the rest of the nation. You had the priests and you had the people. Now, Peter says, we are all priests. We are all set apart for ministry. And just as the Jewish followers of Jesus had to adjust their thinking about the priesthood, Many of us need to adjust our thinking about ministers or whatever word we may use for our leaders. What Peter is saying to us is that every member of the church is called to ministry. So if someone new came to one of our meetings and asked, who is the minister here? We would actually be correct to reply, we're all ministers here. How can I minister to you? 
I'm sure some of us are thinking now, whoa, hold on. What about the leader? What about the leaders in the church? What are they? If everyone is a minister, what is the role of leadership? And that's a really important question. The Bible speaks about this. In his letter to the church in Ephesus, Paul wrote this. It's found in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 16. Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. Paul explains, Jesus has given some of us specific roles in the church. Pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, apostles. But notice that these people are not the ministers. Ministry is not reserved for them. These people are the equippers. Their role is to equip all of Jesus' people to do their work. And when the equippers equip Jesus' people, wonderful things happen. We are built up. We find unity through our common faith in Christ. We become mature, looking more and more like Jesus. We grow up. We are no longer spiritual babies who get sidetracked and confused by every weird teaching that goes around. And we learn to speak the truth out of love for others. We become the mature, healthy body of Christ. And listen carefully to the last words. As each part does its work. This is a wonderful picture of a mature church. It is like a healthy body with every part working properly. Church, this is what we are called to be. Now it's vital that we notice who is the head of the church. It's Jesus. Not the priest, not the pastor, not the elder or the minister. Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus does appoint certain people to serve in specific equipping roles, but they are not the head. In some churches today, we've 
put people on very high pedestals. We give them grand titles. We give them special treatment. We, we put great expectations on them. We even call churches after them. We say, that's so-and-so's church. If this is misunderstood, it can be so unhelpful. A, a word to the Lighthouse family. Lighthouse Church, friends, is not Alan's church. It's not Alan and Nikki's church. It's not Alan, Brian and Jace's church. It's not NCMI's church. It is Jesus' church. Jesus is the head. And we are all ministers here. I do minister here. The leadership team does minister here. But I am not the minister. The leaders are not the minister. We are all ministers. Our leaders are simply doing their best to equip all of us to do God's work. It's so important that we all understand this. Because each of us must do our work. We all have a part to play. And if every one of us doesn't play our part, the body is not completely healthy. It could even get sick. I'm sure we've all been sick at some time. Sickness is what happens when a part of our body stops working. What amazes me is that parts that we hardly ever think about can make us incredibly sick when they stop working. Ask someone who's had trouble with their appendix. Most of us don't even know what it's there for. But if it decides to give trouble, man, we know all about it. What if you're like the appendix? Will you play your part? Will you do your work? Friends, we can't escape this truth. We can deny it. We can ignore it. But it is still true. Each one of us is a part of the body. Each one of us must play our part. If each one of us doesn't play our part, the body will not be able to function as well as it is supposed to. We need each other. We need you. You may think you're insignificant. You may feel like an appendix. Please know this. You belong. We need you. Please play your part. Now the Bible tells us a lot about the different functions that parts of the body of Christ play. Today I just want to speak about one really important function that we all have. We've seen from the text in 1 Peter that we are all priests. This is a function that we all have. Now, a priest is a person who acts as a go-between or an intermediary between God and people. Priests represent the people to God, and they represent God to the people. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 to 20, Paul describes the priestly role as a reconciler or ambassador. Listen to the text, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 20. 
If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God was making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Here we see that every single one of us has been given a ministry and a message. We are all ministers of reconciliation, and we all have a message of reconciliation to present. Every single one of us has been appointed by Jesus. He has appointed us to be ambassadors for him. You and I are ambassadors for Jesus. What that means is that we are all his appointed representatives, wherever we are, and wherever he sends us. We represent Jesus at home. We represent Jesus at work or at school. We represent Jesus with our friends. We represent Jesus in whatever groups or communities we are a part of. Think for a moment about your typical week. Where do you sleep? Where do you eat? Where do you walk? Where do you work? What groups are you a part of? Who do you spend time with? In all of these places, Jesus has appointed you as an ambassador. It's important to understand that ambassadors represent their country or their kingdom. They don't make up their own policies. They don't make up their own statements. They represent the policies and the statements of their head of state. So as followers of Jesus... We have been appointed to represent him. We represent King Jesus and the kingdom of heaven. We present the words and the ways of Jesus. Now, sometimes this will be very well received. Other times it won't. Some people won't like what Jesus says. They may even get angry with us when we tell them what he says. They may pressure us to rather say something else. But we can't. This is not our opinion to change. Sometimes we may need to say something like this. I understand that this really offends you. And I also wish that Jesus hadn't said this. But he did. And I can't change that. As an ambassador, you won't always be popular. If people don't like Jesus, they won't like his ambassadors. But know this, many will receive Jesus. As we represent him well, many will see that the message of Jesus really is good news. It is a message of reconciliation. Our message is this, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them. Many won't like being told that they're sinners, 
but many will like the offer of peace with God. One last thing before I close. We are ministers of reconciliation, not alienation. An ambassador is a diplomat. Our job is not to push people away from God, but to draw them to Him. In other words, we need to learn to to help people to find their way to Christ. Our job is not to criticize people or to judge people. This chases them away. This doesn't help them. Our job is to help people to recognize that God loves them and that he has made a way for them to be reconciled to him. This is not to say we mustn't tell the truth, but we must learn to speak the truth in love, as we read in our Ephesians text. I think one of the first things we need to learn as ambassadors for Jesus is to learn to love the way that Jesus loves. Jesus always spoke the truth, but his love for people was so obvious that people were drawn to him, including those with really bad reputations. So some people called Jesus the friend of sinners. Until you and I learn to sincerely love people who are far from God, we will not be effective ambassadors for the friend of sinners. Let me conclude. Who is the minister here? I am. You are. We all are. We are all priests. We represent people to God and we represent God to people. We are all ambassadors for Jesus, representing him wherever we go. We bring a message of love and of reconciliation. God loves you. He has made a way for you to be reconciled to him. I represent the friend of sinners. Our sin may be great, but his love is greater. I implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Jesus has commissioned us. Let's take up our role as priests and as ambassadors for Christ.